This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, but off the top in this hour, a conversation about immigration, which, I mean, it seems like it's, it's an issue, but maybe we don't really talk a lot about it. Certainly Canada is uh, very welcoming of, of immigrants, but at the same time, Canada is choosy. Uh, that we do have economic interests in mind when we make choices about immigration levels or, I guess, who gets in. And maybe that's something important that we need to remain focused on. Uh, so I'm at Fraser University, political scientist, uh, scientist Sanjay Jera uh, is making the case that we need to openly start discussing a lot of these issues around housing, employment, social programs, etc. That immigration has an effect on all of that. So where does this conversation need to go? Well, let's bring into the conversation, as mentioned, uh, Sanjay Jerem. He's a senior lecturer, political science, Simon Fraser University. Sanjay, thank you so much for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, you know, the notion that maybe we don't talk about immigration, I mean, it, it, it often seems to be an issue. Why, why do you believe we don't talk enough about it? I guess uh, it's not a matter of talking about it, but I guess what is, what is up for discussion. Uh, usually the discussions have tended to... Uh, veer towards issues of culture, um, right. source. What we had the last uh, election, we had this discussion of the uh, barbaric practices hotline and things of this nature. We tend to be focused, I think, often on the wrong things, the wrong issues that need to, to be up for discussion. What are those issues, then? Well, the issues, for example, is especially when it comes to the job market and our social programs, two things that are really important to most Canadians. Uh, now, again, trying to just sort of keep this as uh, simple as possible, I think that there are good and there are good arguments for and against the idea that we need immigration to sustain a welfare state. But we don't hear enough about the potential, uh, the potential negative consequences. For example, if too many working immigrants are coming with uh, dependents, is that there's going to create a growing pressure. And if if we have a goal of maintaining a high standard uh, social programs. Um, it's more. It's important that we consider that in our decisions, right? Because down the line, if healthcare or pensions become too expensive, and we start wanting, and there's being need to cut back, it's going to be too late at that point. So it's not about. It becomes connected in the sense that if we value these things, we need to think about it. Mm-hmm. We can't just sort of assume that more immigration is always better for these kinds of things. Now, if we if we let go of the idea that we want to have a, a large welfare state, then maybe that, that's a whole other issue. But if we, if we value it, we need to consider the, con- the potential consequences. Well, I guess two points, because certainly when, when we talk about the economic need for immigration from, from a productivity stance, certainly what we've been hearing a lot in recent years is that, you know, we don't have the population growth to sustain our productivity and, and therefore our way of life, that, that we need immigration to, to counteract that. What, what do you say to that? I think that can be true to an extent, but I think what we're seeing is that in a lot of cases we have become reliant on immigration in certain uh, certain sectors of the economy. And easy, there's easy examples where, uh, for example, one that I always hear a lot is that we don't uh, we need more foreign doctors. And sure, in the short term, perhaps we need to bring in uh, more foreign trained doctors to fill short term needs. But it's always interesting to me again just 
speaking as an, a citizen, uh, curious about why it hasn't led to more investments in domestically trained doctors and things like this. So for me, the ulti- I'll just sort of play my hand here. The ultimate thing I'm most worried about and why I agreed to that interview and the Vancouver Sun is, is not leaving these issues off the table and just uh, going with our sort of immigration is good for everything consensus. We leave ourselves open to a growing nativist movement as we saw with Donald Trump and we've seen the parties in Europe. And I think we all want to avoid that here. I mean, the other point that's often raised is that because Canada is able to to emphasize uh, skills when it comes to accepting immigrants, Mm -hmm. that we've had a better experience in other countries when it comes to immigrants uh, adjusting and succeeding in Canada. What what does the evidence tell us, though, on that? The evidence is... We, we, we do. I mean, the, the reality is compared to most other uh, rich countries, we do have a better experience, but it doesn't mean our experience is perfect, and it doesn't mean it's going to stay that way. One of the issues is that, especially given in recent years, we've had uh, many immigrants coming with skills because of our point system with the inability to find employment in that fit their skills, and then leaving them then they become, um, we, then we do the social welfare state takes over, and therefore that becomes, you know, I don't want to say a burden, but it, it certainly we need to think about it. If we're, if we're selecting based on skills, we need to ensure that uh, jobs are there or that we're, we're accepting foreign training in Canada as well. We need to be, we think carefully through these decisions. Yeah, and I, I, that's, that's really where the disconnect is. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a big issue because obviously that if, if we're adding productive contributing citizens yeah. uh, who are paying taxes, well, that, that's a positive. If we're adding to the welfare rolls yeah. and not expanding yeah. the taxpayer base, that's problematic. Yes, of course. And, and then with that, again, that's something that it comes right out of the article, that issue of we need to be careful because we can't, I mean, from an ethical standpoint, we can't expect to treat workers uh, as simply disembodied workers who are here to just simply work, contribute, and perhaps leave and will never uh, be asking for the Canadian welfare state to support them or the system, just like every other Canadian expects that. And I think that's totally reasonable, but then it becomes a question if we have to be careful of, for example, when it comes to family migration surrounding that, is is the net value or the net sort of uh, end goal is to maintain a sort of high um, high tax welfare state society? We we need to be a little more concerned, about, or at least at least be looking more carefully at whether or not this sort of idea is actually transpiring that uh, more and more workers are contributing and therefore growing our economy. Yeah. There's reasons to believe that given that per capita incomes are dropping in certain cities and that we have more and more inequality, these are things that we need to sort of, you know, stick our heads up and just at least, you know, have a conversation and think about whether immigration house is connected to this. Mm-hmm. So it's it's more than just a numbers game, though. I mean, if we were to say that in 2018, Canada should let in X number of immigrants, I mean, yeah. it's, it's more complex than just that. Absolutely. And I think... We're, just a you know a fact is that Canada hasn't, as far as again, I'm, I hope I'm not uh, misquoting, but I don't think Canada has reduced its immigration numbers uh, since the 1980s. And it's interesting because if you think of decisions, what are decisions being based on then? What what is fueling a decision to continue to have certain numbers or growing numbers each year? Is it really based on that we need this many workers to fuel the economy? I I just think that Canadians have been sort of left out in the dark about trying to really understand how this is all working out. And for example, why one thing that is fact is that newer immigrants are doing much less, or sorry, are faring much poorer than immigrants did uh, a couple decades ago. And that's a reason for concern. If we have more immigrants who are being selected by our process, who are not doing well, and therefore may end up requiring social services, that's something that should really be concerning to us. Well, and there's another interesting point you raise because, I mean, obviously when someone comes here, they have mobility rights, but I, I guess maybe in an ideal world, 
would we have some say on, on where immigrants go? I, that's not what I would advocate. I think ethically, I think that's problematic. I think that incentives could be there, uh, yeah. more focused and more broad scale. That's been, there's an experimentation with this across the country, but in other countries as well. But I think in a, it should be something that we really need to consider if, if there are part, economically depressed parts of the country and we have immigrants perhaps who have certain skills or, or make certain investments or want to start businesses, maybe an added incentive to do it in a place that needs a boost, that could be something that we shouldn't be off the table. And it's something that we haven't really had a broad discussion about. Do you think cities are, are clamoring, though, for, for immigrants? Maybe, maybe that would help if, if smaller, medium-sized cities... We have, uh, right? cer- we've certainly seen that. Um, certainly, anecdotally, we have uh, campaigns, in, especially in some of the uh, prairie cities that are, clam- have been clamoring for more immigration, and, and the East Coast as well, we're starting to see the beginnings of that. So I certainly think it's out there. I just think that we need a... Since immigration is, a, is for the most part, a federal policy, and entry is generally decided by uh, the federal government perhaps the initiative needs to be taken there. Yeah, because certainly, I mean, there's been a lot of focus lately on, on the rising cost of living in cities like Vancouver and Toronto in particular. Well, I get the sense that predominantly that's where those are two cities where immigrants end up going. Yeah, and again, just sort of broadly characterizing the vast amount of studies on why immigrants go to choose certain places. It's not just immigrants are not rational, just that they're just like anybody else, right? There's a whole plethora of factors that determine where you end up, and it's not all economic. A lot of it has to do with com- where you would think you're going to be comfortable, family connections, which are all things that are yeah. relevant. But I think that perhaps changing the incentive structure that one faces, right? If well, maybe I'd consider a city, someone would consider a city two hours somewhere else if there was some kind of incentive to do so that may end up being sort of beneficial for that economy. So I just think that we need to sort of play with these ideas and think about them uh, as opposed to just sort of assuming that we can't do anything about it and we can't improve um, how things currently are. So do we need, I mean, what should the overarching goal of, of our immigration system be? Well, it, it depends on where you sit, uh, I guess, ideologically. If, you're, if, you're, if you want Canada to be a country that has a strong welfare state with social services, uh, there, that that needs to be something you need to consider. For some people, that's less important. It really depends on what your end goal is. Is economic growth um, your end goal, or is more income equality your end goal? It really depends. And that's, I guess that's also the issue we need to sort of be realistic about, is that people have different sort of visions for Canada. Should Canada be more like the U.S. and be, have a smaller welfare state? Or should it be more like European societies and have uh, a, a more robust one? That's, these are important questions we need to consider as well that are re- completely related. Right. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of that debate, and, and going back to at, at the outset, you talked about kind of where, where the debate goes in terms of maybe more of cultural issues. It, it becomes a delicate issue. I think people right. are maybe yeah. afraid of having strong opinions on that. Exactly. And I think it is very delicate. And uh, it's that, I think that ultimately is the problem. And I think we need, that's why one of my motive, the reasons that I decided to write an op-ed a few weeks ago and uh, engage with uh, a journalist on this issue was just that, is that I felt seeing what's going on in the rest of the world and sort of seeing the way uh, Canada's su- surprising or, or lack of uh, a far-right party emerging, uh, you know, we should be thankful for that. But we also shouldn't be, uh, shouldn't rest on our laurels. We should be trying to think about how we can sort of fend it off with sort of active changes about uh, the things that people are concerned about, right? Their incomes, uh, income equality, their ability to buy or rent, and all these things that could that are clearly connected to immigration. Yeah. Well, there's some important points, Sanjay. We'll leave it there. Uh, appreciate making some time for us here today. Thanks no for this. Thank you. All right. Take care. Uh, Sanjay uh, Jerem, he's uh,
political science lecturer, Simon Fraser University, done a lot of research on the issue of immigration and saying, look, we need a more open conversation about it in Canada. Our number here, 403-974-TALK, 974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.